Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on the uh, show today, sponsored by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Ummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. We all know SMC stands for Sunbury Motor Company, selling more cars and satisfying more customers. With that comes the need for many great behind-the-scenes employees. While they have many awesome technicians already there to serve you, they need more. When you have a 107-year-old dealership that has earned trust, you need more people. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work at their quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body, frame and alignment, and towing departments. So whether you're an experienced technician, an entry-level technician looking for your first job, or someone looking for a career change, they would love to hear from you. Stop by in person. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can call Todd at 286-7746. That's 286-7746. TV deals. They're getting closer in the Big Ten and will not include ESPN. John Orand has already reported. Um... that ESPN was offered a seven-year, $380 million package for the 330 time slot. ESPN said no. Everyone will concentrate on ESPN saying no. The part that caught my interest was because I had a feeling ESPN was not going to be a part of it. And I'll go through the history of this for you quickly in a moment. It was the seven-year part that caught my eye. That tells me that these are seven-year deals. That, to me, was... Whether whether it's with them or somebody else, it was the seven-year part that I went, oh, this is going to be seven-year deals. So now we know the length based on that report. ESPN has its long-term deal with the SEC to put SEC football in the 330 and probably as many primetime games as possible. What ESPN was bidding on was a 13-game 
BC package. That's what they were bidding on. And they decided no on the seven year 380. The So now let's get to other parts with this. Andrew Marshand, who's been a frequent guest on this show, and John Orwan, who's been on this show before, Andrew reported that the CBS deal in the 330 time slot is $350 million. By the way, ESPN is paying the SEC $300 million for the same time slot. Interesting. Then Andrew put in that the NBC part, which would be the primetime one at 730, is also 350 million. Well, that's 700 million. That doesn't include Fox. Fox could be upwards of five hundred million. If that's the case, you're talking one point two billion. And that doesn't include streaming rights yet. Now does Peacock get some of that with NBC? Or is it Amazon and Apple? And how extensive is it? And then how much money? But this tells you what the dollars are. You know Fox is gonna be if it's three fifty for NBC. And 350 for CBS, if those numbers are correct, and these are two great reporters. Then you know darn well Fox is paying more than 350, but let's just say Fox is paying 350. That's still over a billion between the three before you get the streaming. And you know Fox is paying more than, than 350. So let's get to another part. For those of you who think that the Big Ten will never be on ESPN for seven years, wrong. Penn State is playing at Auburn this year. What network is it on? CBS. Why? Because the games at Auburn... And because the game is at Auburn, CBS has the rights to the game. There will be games along the way where a Big Ten team may play at Texas, play at Oregon, play at Clemson, play at Syracuse, whatever. And it'll be an ESPN game. So the Big Ten will still have some games on ESPN, but there'll be non-conference games. Also, bowl games. The Big Ten would also be on bowl games that would be on ESPN. Basketball. ESPN was primarily carrying Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday Big Ten games. CBS said Sunday. And Saturday was a mixed bag. 
but Tuesday always had a Big Ten game, and many times Thursday did. So what becomes of that? Well, let's start with the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Will it continue? It can continue, but any game played at the ACC would be on ESPN. Any game played at the Big Ten would be on the Big Ten Partner Package. It's not going to be up to them as to whether they want to continue it. That's one. Two, what do you do with other regular season games? You already have a lot of games on BTN to begin with. Fox Sports 1 already carries some games, no change. Fox carries some games, no change. But ESPN does carry some games. Does this package include Sunday games on CBS, as in the past, and the Big Ten tournament on the semis and the finals? Does it also include CBS Sports Net getting some games? And if NBC is included in the basketball part, does it also mean that USA would get some games? Just some thoughts. Because you have to carry this all the way through. Those are the only two sports that are affected by this contract. No no other sports are affected by it. So, there you go. That's where it stands on this day. There are a couple of other points in here. The way the Big Ten operates is I believe you're allowed to play a night game up to the first weekend of November. Anytime there is a night game proposed after the first weekend of November, in other words, the final three weekends, then both teams have to agree to it. Both teams have to agree to it. Remember, Penn State played at Rutgers in a late November game at night at 8 o'clock. Remember, it started out as rain and ended as a driving snowstorm in the fourth quarter? Well, both teams agreed to play that game. So if both teams agree to it in weekends 2, 3, and 4 in November, you can play a night game. Now, does that change under this contract? I don't know. Also, the Big Ten has one game on Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. It is Iowa-Nebraska. The Big Ten evidently has asked other schools if they would be willing to move their game to Friday to have a double or triple header. And they went 0 for 12. Everybody else said no. So there you go. That's where it stands, at least where we see it right now. Okay. And that's... So um, now let's go through the history of what we've talked about on the show. So let's go back. 
when we discussed this in April, May, and into June, I said at that time that I thought ESPN needed to be somewhere with a a smaller package because it would look like the CBS, NBC, Fox thing was on the track to happen. I said ESPN needed a smaller package. You can't be on ignore. All right. But now let's go back to June 30th when USC and UCLA came in. That's where I changed my opinion about it and on the air about it. I said directly, and I've been saying now for six weeks, with USC and UCLA now in, the Big Ten doesn't need ESPN anymore. It'd be great to have them, but they don't need them. Before, I was thinking, okay, 14 schools, college football playoff, all right, don't want to be on ignore game day. But now you have USC and UCLA coming in. Now you've got the L.A. market. Now you have Southern California. And heavyweight brands. And that's where I said, you know what? It's going to be up to ESPN to pay because the Big Ten doesn't need them. If you're wondering about, oh, no, game day may never show up, they might. They might. Penn State played Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game in 16. Fox carried the game. Game day did the show from Indianapolis. They really take that show where they think the biggest game of the week happens to be. All right. Will they talk about the Big Ten as often? Probably not. But a new day is also coming for the college football playoff. College football is the only sport among the major sports that has one TV partner for its playoff. That's it. College basketball is Turner, CBS, NBA, TNT, ESPN, Stanley Cup, ESPN, TNT, Major League Baseball, Turner, Fox, ESPN, the NFL has ESPN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and now Amazon. College football only has ESPN. When the when the talk now is expanding the college football playoff to maybe as many as sixteen. Expanding to 16 means you need to have multiple TV partners. And because of that, I don't worry about being on Ignore anymore. There's enough room to have Big Ten teams in it, and multiple TV partners means more people are going to be talking about you anyway. Today's show is sponsored by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. 
Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Ummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Looking forward to seeing all of you tomorrow at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club with the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. Kevin Herr, the suit and I will be on hand for that. Looking forward to it. And looking forward to seeing you. All right. Let's talk a little football now. Let's bring in our old friend Reginald Walker. Reginald, welcome to the show. Great to have you back. Thank you for having me. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I feel great. How about you? I I feel excellent. Um okay, that's not totally true. I'm a little tired. Uh just came back from Canton, Ohio. Ooh. Um, this is for this, this is for Sam Mills, right? That's correct. So, so you went that up there. You, did you go up there? You went up with Marcus? Went up with Marcus. Uh, he was there. Uh, Tom Lundquist was also there. Chris Farrell was there. Oh, nice. Uh, as well. So we had a we had a little bit of a mini reunion. <laughs> that is great. That is great. How emotional no. was it? Because obviously Sam could. You know, Sam's no longer with us. You know, that's what made it really, really interesting. Was like to to wonder in a way like what he would have been like in that moment himself like what he would have said you know what his emotion would have been i can tell you right now um everybody in the family was pretty emotional uh at times not necessarily like just you know un, un inconsolable but everybody was emotional at times and i, I found myself at one time during the enshrinement ceremony um just kind of sitting there and i i was listening but you know how you get into that where you're, you're listening and then you just go somewhere else and you don't move and you're not hearing anything. You're just somewhere else. Yeah. And I found myself in that situation once or twice, just thinking like, you know, trying to do a couple of things like what, what, what does Marcus feel right now? Right. What do all of his kids really, all of Sam's kids right. feel right then. Sure. And, and then what would he say? And, and it was kind of an interesting sort of unplanned exercise if you will for me that that made me think through a lot of things and uh i just thought you know one of the things that i thought was really cool for for uh marcus in particular was that some of us were able to be there with him yeah that weekend he's got a a young daughter who's you know when they're when they're she's under two years old and so she's just kind of there she right i think at one point she went to sleep or whatever the case may be (laughs) Um, but you know, it's one of those things that, you know, tough for her. She, she never got to meet her grandfather, you know, but, um, there's a place she can go and see all of the great things he did in this game that we call football. We are in an era where the watch means something, the, the shuttles mean something, the combines mean something, uh, Sam Mills defied all of that. I, mean, I remember watching him with the Philadelphia Stars in the USFL and thinking, that dude can play. Mm-hmm. And height-wise and all the other stuff, the, all the measurables, doesn't fit, and he made the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Stephen, that, that's the other thing, right? You're talking about a league that, and obviously they, they've been playing professional football in this country for 102 years. Um right now uh, in the era of the 32 teams you have 1500 players that play every year 
there are 362 people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. That is, just to think about that is incredible. And, you know, one of the things that is really cool, uh, Marcus' older brother, uh, Sam, the third, yeah. he and I talk, we, we talk a, a decent amount as well. And yesterday we just got, got into talking about some names that may or may not go in over the years and you're looking at numbers. And I mean, we're talking about guys with over a hundred sacks and then there was like, Oh wait, that guy's good. But what about this guy? And then what about this guy? Yeah. And, then, and and you start to realize there's a lot of canceling out going on here. Yeah. You know, and the timing of when you go, when you retire, right. We were talking about that too. You, you look at a guy like Drew Brees, right. He retired. His last year was 2020. Yep. That's going to bode well for him. Yes. When some of these other guys come up, the the Aaron Rodgers, the Peyton Mannings, or not Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning's already in. I'm sorry, Eli Manning. Yep. Uh, Eli Manning for all the people listening at home. Yep. Uh, the Eli Mannings. The, when those guys start to retire, now all of a sudden Philip Rivers, right? You, all of a sudden you have all these guys on the ballot together. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, listen, I think Philip Rivers was a ridiculously good football player. Mm-hmm. If he is on the Hall of Fame ballot, on a Hall of Fame ballot, with Tom Brady, Eli Manning, and Drew Brees, he ain't getting votes over those guys. They all got titles. That, that's that's going to hurt him that he never had a chance to win a national uh, a national championship, uh, uh, a uh, Super Bowl. And, and that's going to be one of those things that separates him from those guys. And I'm not saying he's not going to get in, but it will certainly take him longer if those names are on that ballot with him. Yeah, it's uh, because the guys that vote now. There's there's an old timers committee now. Like Art McNally was a contributor. I mean, you saw all these guys going. You had Dick Vermeil went in. You right. know, yeah, thrilled for Dick is one of the great guys. I mean, I've I've had several interactions with him over the years, including playing a round of golf with him. So I, I love talking to Dick Vermeil. I'm so happy for him. But essentially, that committee only votes for five guys. Right. Five. Right. And there are thousands of them. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. I, I it, it, and it, and I'd heard the number in the past, but until I got to Canton and started walking around and really thinking about it and looking around, I thought to myself, yeah, 300, less than 300, before this enshrinement, right? right. You're talking about 354 people. That yeah. were in the whole thing. Yeah. That is, and and I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Richard Seymour. There was a ceremony. There's also a ceremony Friday night, um, which is where they received the gold jacket. Right. Yes. And one of the, the inductees from this year, he like sort of opened his jacket and he said, I'm number 357. And that's when it really hit me like, Three hundred and fifty seven and of course they were still other other people to get theirs. Right, sure. Right. But but because the jackets are numbered. They're custom made and then they're numbered. Right. And so he's like, I'm three hundred and fifty seven. And you just think to yourself, you are one of three hundred and fifty seven of the greatest that did what you do. Yeah. And no one can ever change that. Right. You're talking now. Something that's 100 years old, mm-hmm. and in 100 years, only that number have made it. Uh, 
Probably nobody in the current Carolina Panthers will make it. Uh, but, yeah. but they do have a quarterback battle. Uh, so what's the early read on the quarterback battle between one Baker Mayfield and one Sam Darnold? Well, the the coaching staff and and what they've been telling us is they're not making any decisions. It's an open, completely open competition until at least after a preseason game or two. But now I'm hearing that there's a chance that they are shopping Sam Darnold. Um, I think the truth of the matter is that's Baker Mayfield's job as long as he doesn't give it away. Uh, and, and the main reason why that's the case is, at least in my opinion, and I think you understand where I'm coming from here, why the heck would you trade for him if he's not the guy? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. You don't trade for a backup. Right. You, you pick a backup up, with all due respect, off the street. Yeah. You trade for the guy that is going to make you a better football team right away. So, uh, to me, this is Baker Mayfield's job. If I'm any other team in the National Football League, why am I trading for Sam Darnold when I know you have to cut him? Why am I swallowing that 18 and eight? I think it's 18.8 million dollars. Why am I going to swallow that amount of money or whatever the prorated amount is up until the trade deadline when I know you have to cut this player or I can get him this offseason for next to nothing? You don't trade for Brian Hoyer. And I say that with all due respect to Brian Hoyer because you know how I feel about guys keeping their careers alive in the pros. I think it's remarkable when you can do that. But you don't trade for Brian Hoyer. You sign Brian no. Hoyer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, it, it's it's interesting, you know, because the other thing to think about is giving away draft picks is giving away control and giving away salary cap flexibility in right. a lot of ways. And yeah. so you have to be careful yeah. when you give those things away that you're getting better for sure. Deshaun Watson is sitting there. It's, it's at this hour. It's six. I don't think there's anybody out there that thinks it's going to stay at six. Um, how do you view what her ruling was? Because obviously the league wanted a year and didn't get it. Well, Steve, here's what I'll say, and and this is something that I would encourage anybody listening. Um, and I'm not justifying the ruling. I'm not doing any of that. Uh, but I, I did a quick, when I read the ruling, I read through the whole thing. And then I did a quick Google search and, and found something that C, I think it was CBS News had put out that basically looks like a full copy of the personal conduct policy right. in the National Football League. Yep. And, and there's a line in there um, that essentially states, and if anybody, it's, I, I, I wish I had it pinned at my, on my Twitter page, but it is there. Um, but if, if anybody wants to sort of read that, there's a spot in the middle of the page, and it talks about those penalties. And one of the things it says is, um, essentially, if there is no weapon involved or it does not endanger a child, it sort of sets the baseline at six games. Yeah. And it basically, you know, I, I think what I interpreted was the – the independent person did not want to take it over six games because the policy basically gives the players association, if they want to appeal it, a leg to stand on because it did not involve a child and it did not involve a weapon. That doesn't mean it wasn't violent. I'm not suggesting that, 
But if you read the policy the way it is written that way, that is what comes up. And so it, it's it's interesting to me that it ended up being six, but by reading that, that's what told me where I think a lot of the final decision came from. And so, uh, you know, it, it, here here's the line. It, violations involving assault, battery, domestic violence, or sexual assault will result in a baseline six-game suspension without pay with more if aggregating factors are present, such as the use of a weapon or a crime against a child. Right. And so there, there's that line in there that basically says, don't really go over six because these one of these two things did not happen. Right. And, and I think that's kind of where uh, Judge Robinson sort of landed with the six games. Do, now, do I think it's going to stay there to your point earlier? Absolutely not. I, I think it's going to go up. I think there's going to end up being a harsher punishment from the league. But then I think the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson – are going to probably file a federal lawsuit and get an injunction, and he may end up starting week one. You know, what's interesting about it is that um, to this point in public, he really hasn't shown any remorse about what's gone on. Um, now, he's been cheered at every Browns practice. They love him. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. This is going to be interesting because there have been, you know, so you get four games for a football being fully inflated and you get six for this? That's what people are that's that's what some people are arguing right now. Yes, and I can tell you right now, I was just in Canton. There were a whole lot of fresh Deshaun Watson Browns jerseys walking around. Yeah, I bet I'm just are. telling you what I know. I bet they um, are. Yep. And you know, people everybody's got their opinions, but that tells you um that and, and you can see it on social media and all different places. Some people just want their team to be good, and they don't care who's on the team, not on the team. They just want their team to be good. Right. And I think there are obviously a lot of those folks as it relates to this Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, you know, for me, um, I I expected the suspension to be, honestly, something like a year. Mm-hmm. to where if he followed all of the whatever they set forth within that year, he may be back by week 13 or so. It's much more of what I expected, or maybe yeah. a year plus four games, and it would only turn into a year. That's what I expected. Yeah. So to see six games definitely surprised me. I expected a minimum of nine, which is more than half the season. Yeah, that was mm. that was what my minimum was. Uh, I had to ask you, uh, I don't think I've asked you yet about – USC and UCLA. Uh, so what is the attitude down there about what the Big Ten has done? Everybody's panicking. Everybody's concerned that as they look around, um, they're going to get left out, right? Whether it's Clemson or, you know, North Carolina, whoever the case, whoever it may be, a lot of the schools in the ACC are looking around sort of concerned and nervous. And, and I think this is where a real conversation, and, and, and this is where, and frankly, if if you're the folks at Notre Dame, you're, you're sitting really good right now because you've got some conferences that need you and want you, and then you've got a network at NBC that may, for lack of a better term, overpay you yeah. um, to keep your games. And the reason why I say overpay is because you look at, the Big Ten deal or maybe the SEC deal, 
they're always going to be on ESPN or ABC. Yeah. In the SEC. Right. The Big Ten, they're always going to be on Fox or the Big Ten Network. <laughs> right? All right. In the ACC, or if you're Notre Dame, particularly with Notre Dame, they're only getting the home games for NBC. Right. And the discussion lately I'm hearing is they may be asking for upwards of 60 to $70 million and they want from NBC. They want 70, $75 million. 75, yep. Steve, that's five games a year. I know. That, I know. That's that, Good luck with that. Yeah. Interesting times. Very interesting. Change the money, though. Fun to share with you, with you though. So, always interesting always. times are fun to share with you. Appreciate it, Reginald. Thanks for giving us a perspective on Canton and about uh, Marcus, because obviously uh, Marcus is near and dear to all of us. So we're just thrilled to, you know, that they were able to experience that, but also obviously the sadness of not having him there. Absolutely, and I will pass those sentiments along and uh, look forward to talking to you guys throughout the season. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Reginald Walker, uh, by the way, Marcus's brother Sam, Sam Jr., got released today by the uh, <laughs> as the defensive line coach of the Commanders. Jeez. Really? All right, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Ummels Wharf, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at SunburyMotors.com. Also, uh, today it was also the day uh, the Penn State basketball non-conference schedule was released. Winthrop will be the opening game on Monday, uh, November seventh. They got Loyola on the tenth, fourteenth. The Stad Mata and Butler coming in. Then they go down to Charleston on the eighteenth, nineteenth. Excuse me, on the seventeenth, eighteenth, and twentieth. Friday, a Thursday, Friday, Sunday. That's the Charleston tournament starting with Furman. Then they have Lafayette on Black Friday, the 25th, at Clemson ACC Challenge game, the 29th. Then they have that gap in there where they're going to be two Big Ten games plus finals. And then they have Canisius at home on the 18th, Quinnipiac at home on the 22nd, and the 29th they have Delaware State. 
So that's the Penn State basketball non-conference schedule. We're going to talk more about that coming up with Ben Jones, as well as his thoughts on Penn State football camp. They're back to practice today, by the way. Uh, Go today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Friday will be an off day. And then they get into another gear because next week there are no classes. And because there are no classes next week, they can go full bore. Larry Bird quote, If I want to win, I'm playing with Kobe. If I want to lose, I'm playing with LeBron. (laughs) Here's your quote of the day. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.